You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 61. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, Platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Hi, pet business owners. Hello. Oh, what a whirlwind it's been the last couple days. So on Saturday, I did a book talk and book signing at Book Passage in Corte Madera, and I got to meet some of you listeners there. It was so wonderful to meet you. Thank you to everyone who came. It was a great turnout. Lots and lots of pet business owners from all over the Bay Area came, and I just loved meeting each and every one of you. So thank you for making the trip wherever you came from to go to the bookstore to hear me speak and also have me sign your books. And then the day after my book talk, I flew to San Diego because yesterday I was interviewed for two TV shows. I was on Good Morning San Diego, and then I was on another show, an LA-based show, Los Angeles-based show, that was a reporter who was interviewing me while I walked his dog, and that was quite an adventure. So, woo, it's been very much a whirlwind. And then after that, I went to the San Diego Humane Society and I got to meet a lot of San Diego-based pet business owners there. Another great turnout with so many of you showing up and I just want to thank everybody who 
you know, made the trip to be there. It was absolutely wonderful meeting you all in person. I loved every second of our meetups. So I'm really glad that we were able to do that. And I'm going to keep you guys updated on the podcast and future episodes if and when I have other meetups this year. I will be doing a keynote talk at a pet business conference in Burbank, California at the end of April, and I'll be sharing more about that as it gets closer. I'd love to meet some of you there. So I just wanted to wish you such a great day today. I hope you are having a good day. I am actually settling into a retreat center that I go to twice a year, and so I'm going to be going off the grid for some of the time that I'm here, which will be really great. It's a wonderful spot that I come to to just really regenerate and recharge. And it's in my self-care toolbox, this wonderful place that I'm at. So I'm delighted to be here. And it feels especially good to be here after all of the excitement in the last few days. So I'm going to be able to take a breather, get lots of massages, get a facial, hang out in the sunshine and read novels (laughs) and do other things besides working. So I'm excited to film my well. It's going to be great. So I wanted to jump on here and record a podcast episode because I've been really enjoying podcasting and releasing one once a week for you guys. So I'm happy to be here. And I do want to let you know that this episode is a podcast episode that Shane Whalen interviewed me for his podcast called Carrying the Fire. He has a podcast for pet business owners. I really want to encourage you to check it out. He's had a lot of great speakers on, and I was really happy to be a part of his lineup. And we talked a lot about hiring, which is what I talked about at my book talk at Book Passage a few days ago. And so there's a theme there. It's I've been talking about it a lot, in part because my handbook for hiring came out last year. And so that's what I spoke about at Book Passage. And I talk a little bit about that in this upcoming podcast episode here. So without further ado, we're just going to dive into this episode. And I will see you on the other side. What is happening, guys? I am here with the lovely Kristen Morrison. She is the owner of Six Figure Pet Business. She built up and sold her pet sitting company to over 30 employees before she sold it. Um, she's an accomplished author, and she is going to talk to us today about a number of things, including the top three hiring processes that you can implement in 2020 to win. How are you doing, Kristen? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I know you just got back from Hawaii. We've got about two feet of snow here, and it's about five feet <laughs> <now. laughs> And I'm Irish, so I didn't tan very much, but it was wonderful being there. Yeah. I'm very Irish myself, so I... I, (laughs) Where are you out of again? I'm in the Bay Area, California, Cimarron County. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Is that where you started and sold your pet business? It is. Yes, it is. So I... I've lived here most of my life. I moved to Menlo Park for three years up until last year, or I should say this year, actually. Uh, no, last year. <laughs> it's 2020 now. So yeah, I lived there for three years. But when I had my business, I did start it in Marin County, California. 
and started it in 1995. So a number of years ago and had it for 18 years before I sold it in 2013. Wow. Yeah. The lack of resources in 95, I can't even imagine. It was amazing. I I had never taken a business class, so I had no idea what I was doing. And there's so much, so many resources out there now for business owners who are starting up and need information, but that was not the case then. So in a way, it was a powerful way to start a business because I didn't know what I was doing. So I really had to learn and teach myself. Um, there at that time there were only two pet businesses in my area that I knew of anyway. Um, so it was not a big thing. Now there are, I'm sure hundreds of pet businesses, but yeah, I had to learn. And and so what I did is I just took out books at the library (laughs) and, you know, on marketing and hiring and, and really did kind of my own business course at night and that I would do it all the next day, you know, really implement what I learned the night before. And so that was my way of, of learning how to run a business. I thought about taking business classes, but my business was getting bigger and bigger. And I really didn't feel like I had the time to do that. I needed something that worked around my schedule. So getting books from the library was the way to go for me and and really diving into what I needed to learn in that moment. Yeah, it's such an underutilized resource, I feel like. I mean, there are free books to rent that you, you can go yeah. and do whatever you want. And what was what was maybe like the number one, um, not book, but like maybe a thing that you dove into the deepest that kind of got you up and running? Let's see. That is a good question. Um, I mean, definitely learning about marketing. Um, at that time, the biggest thing was, I mean, there, there wasn't online marketing, you know, or at least most of the service-based businesses weren't doing that at that time. So I had a very lucky happenstance. I mean, I did learn how to write a press release and I did do that. And that might be why what happened, what I'm about to tell you happened, which was a really happy experience for me. And that was that the local newspaper did a big article on me. And it came out on a Sunday in the business section. And within 24 hours, um, I had 40 new clients. Oh, wow. So it really pushed my business in a powerful way. Uh, But I kind of think about that as like creating success by accident. I did write that press release, but I had written it, you know, a year before. So I don't know that that was the reason that I got that interview. I, I still don't know how. Um, I got it because I actually didn't have very many clients at the time. Um, But what for me happened from that really wonderful experience is I had a lot of success happen by accident, but I had to really learn how to create it on purpose. (laughs) And so that was really an edge for me of how do I, you know, if I want more clients, which I do, how do I recreate that? You know, because I can't get a bunch of articles and newspapers, you know, we had one main newspaper. And so how can I begin to put myself out there? And a lot of what I did then is still helpful today, which is really building relationships with local businesses. Um, It takes a lot more time and energy. But what I found is the benefits really pay off because what happens is you are then 
developing this relationship with this, you know, pet store owner, vet hospital, and they have access to hundreds, if not thousands of potential clients. So, you know, whenever we can get into and connect with a business that has access to that many potential clients, it's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, now, of course, there's SEO, which I'm such a big advocate for because I feel like, you know, people are really searching online for pet business owners. So if you're not coming up at the top or close to the top, it's going to be hard for them to find you. But in addition to the technology, continuing to cultivate those relationships is is so important. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, there's certain marketing levers that you can pull that generate cash, yep. and those are all things that we need to, you know, maximize the use of. But I, I hear people put down, you know, chamber of commerce or BNI groups. But for me, starting out, the thing that just shot us quickly was developing relationships that were literally worth tens of thousands of dollars, like yep. real relationships that that happened you know, organically that, you know, we generally like genuinely liked each other and to this day are worth tens of thousands of dollars. And those, that's, those are things that you've got to still put energy into. I agree. It's powerful. Yeah. And there's something also very powerful about, I call it casting the marketing net wide. You know, it's not just putting a little net in the water, you know, the marketing water and that being SEO or that being cultivating relationships, but it's diversifying. You know, when you have a financial portfolio, let's say for retirement, you want to make sure that it's diversified so that you're not putting all of your financial eggs in one basket. It's the same marketing, you know, um, also what can happen is some of those marketing streams can kind of dry up for a little while or for a long while. And so if you put your energy out in a lot of different ways, then most likely one or a few of those is going to pay off if for some reason this particular marketing stream dried up. Yes. And and you can only put, sometimes you can only put so much money into certain marketing channels before you tops out and you got to start, okay, I got to wake up at 7am and put on my game face and go to that networking group. You know, that's right. Yeah. BNI, you mentioned BNI and that has, I've seen that over and over with pet business owners who are involved in that and they just do really well. I never joined it, but um, because I had a lot of connections in the community, but I think especially if you are in a newer area where you're not as connected, oh, BNI is such a good place to to start. Yeah, especially yeah. when it's, you know, if you don't have the cash to pour, you know, yes. to pour into a website or you don't know how to market yet, you know, just when you're putting yourself out there and, you know, you're being cool and friendly and putting a face yeah. to the business, it can be, it can be great for someone starting out that boots on the ground activity to just get things going, you know, start, start moving the needle. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, not only that, I think for self-employed pet professionals, there's a lot of loneliness that can happen. I know I experienced it. Oh, yeah. And so having a community of people that really understand, they don't have to be pet business owners. And, you know, and B&I, they're not going to be because they only accept one particular type of business, you know, for that particular niche in, in the B&I, in each B&I group. So, yeah. but just being around self-employed people can be, 
so affirming and connecting and can kind of take us out of that isolation that can happen as a business owner. Yeah. And that's what I was, you know, 1995, I remember the first full year of business, we did six figures. And from the outside looking in, people were looking at me like, Shane, you do this amazing thing. And I was so exhausted, so emotionally drained. It was, wasn't depression. It was like, well, this is my life now. And I didn't, I didn't utilize the internet. I didn't know what was out there. I can't imagine for you in 1995, I just like how did, I don't know how you guys did it back then without getting you know the loneliness and all that getting tacked yeah. on. Well, I I feel lucky in that as far as the loneliness, I became involved in a business group, a local business group here where I where I live, and it just really helped me. And I can't even say enough about that because I feel like for me, I was kind of. You know, the tulip bulbs, if you've ever planted bulbs, they come and they look really like they're dead almost, you know, but then you put them in a paper bag and then they start sprouting roots. I feel like for me, my paper bag as a bulb was my business support group and going to it week after week. It's been now over 15, 16 years. And I go every week if I'm, if I'm here and I'm not traveling. Cool. Yeah. And so they've really gotten to know me and my business. I've really gotten to know them. And for us, it's less about networking and more just about supporting each other through the process of being a business owner. But, you know, definitely networking can come out of it. Yeah, it's called networking, but they become real relationships, you yep. know, and That's even when you're, and when you're starting out developing, when you feel that support behind you, it is so powerful. And oh. even, little, even little things like I remember a veterinarian wrote a five star review on Google for us. And it was oh. like, thank you, Julie. I don't think you realize what you just did for me. And for That's her, so it was no big deal. But yeah. those are that's real. Yes. You're right. So there's a lot about you that she was willing to do that because it puts a, you know, a professional like that on the line when they're referring. Oh, for sure. So it just says a lot about, about you and and her belief in you. It's great. Oh, and for someone like, and I'm diverting down my own story, but for someone with degrees, you know, degree after degree after degree to get her, um, I guess acceptance, you know. Yeah. Was, oh man, I got to live up to that. And even yes. to this day, even to this day, this is where we take our puppy, you know, for you know, for all of her stuff and everything. And so, um, but so you were able to get this huge amount of momentum through your press release, get forty new clients. What happened next? Yeah, and I don't really know if that was from the press release because that had oh. happened a year before. <laughs> but um, so what happened next is that I went from just having a small number of clients to all of a sudden having, you know, 40 clients in 24 hours who had called me needing services. So I had to hire right away. And at that point I was in my mid twenties. I had never hired. I had always had a boss, but never been a boss. So that was a whole new skill set that I had to learn. 
Oh you know, God. again, I went to the library to learn <laughs> how to hire. Um, but really, I think that my education around hiring, there's only so much that we can learn from reading books, but there's something really powerful for me anyway, about on the job training. So I really learned through trial and error. And, you know, making mistakes, hiring the wrong people and really learning from that and realizing, oh, my gosh, this is what I want, you know, this type of person. And I think for those um, that are out there that are thinking about hiring, they will want to look at what qualities do they want, you know, in somebody that they're hiring. Of course, you want somebody responsible, but you probably want somebody that's available and that can say yes, because you could have the best person in the world. And if they aren't available, it's kind of like you want to get married and, and you're dating somebody and they don't want to get married. They're not available, right? So it's same with hiring. There are a lot of similarities I found to dating and hiring. So you know, they have to be available and preferably just be able to say yes a lot. Because it makes your job a lot easier. And the consistency with the clients is really important. When you, you say know, available, so, you, you, available to work like, you know, full time or whatever the job requires. Not necessarily uh, full time, but available in terms of your needs. So every business is very different. And I know that we're going to be talking about, you know, the three top tips that I have right. for hiring. There are many tips. But, you know, one of the first things that you really want to look at, and it seems very simplistic, but a lot of people don't do it, is to look at who, what, where, you know, and when. So who, you want to hire somebody. What, do you want a dog walker? Do you want a pet sitter? You know, where, what area do you want to hire? And when, you know, is it Tuesday, Thursday between 11 and 2? So every business is so different. And in order for you to even recognize that person showing up, kind of like dating, you have to get really clear on what it is you want. And again, it's a simple thing, but a lot of people don't do it before they write that help wanted ad. They just say, you know, must be able to work 20 to 40 hours a week or, you know, whatever they're doing, but they're not really being clear in their ad and they're, because they're not clear with themselves about what they need. Yeah. So it's important to start there before you've even thought about placing an ad. Really look at what you need, when, and where. And so one way to do that, if you're not sure what you need, is to look at, are you hiring because you're burned out? If so, I would look at the days that you feel most burned out. And you might even want to start keeping a log like a mood log, you know, where you're looking at these particular days, like Mondays, I am just crabby. You know, I find that I'm like a chicken running around, you know, so to really kind of track that. And then from there, you can begin to look at, oh, I need to hire somebody on Mondays. If I had these four hours free, let's say from not walking dogs, then I would be able to work in my office or get a massage or, you know, have a lunch with friends, whatever it is that is your motivation for hiring. Maybe it's to have more time to yourself. Maybe it's to actually be able to have more time with your clients on the phone. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that are feeling a lot of stress are uh, returning calls, you know, kind of late 
in the day when they're just fried and all they want to do is really get off the phone. Yeah. They don't really even want to be on the phone and clients can feel that. Yep. So sometimes creating space in the schedule can actually create more space in terms of customer service and yep. connecting with your clients in a really powerful, positive way. And one thing I, I see a lot in, maybe you can verify this. It seems like when we're working so hard, like you've got these 40 new clients that you're trying to juggle yeah. and get into this cycle of, of you, you work your 12 hour day, you come home, you're exhausted, you want to yeah. hire, but the person that you hire probably can't serve your clients the way you do and connect to them the way you do. And it becomes this, this cycle of exhaustion. And then we, yeah. put, we know we got to hire, we know we got to hire and we just don't do it. And I think a lot of times we just don't know how. Right, right. We don't want to do it or we just decide to hire. Like we get so burned out yeah. that it's like, <laughs> excuse me, I'm still recovering from a cold. Um, it's like, here's a live body. You know, here's somebody with a pulse. I'm just going to get yeah. you in there. Yeah. And when we get so burned out too, we begin to make poor hiring decisions, which can be really detrimental to our business. Oh man, I can speak to that. <laughs> yes. So sometimes just, you know, hiring one person can begin to create more space yeah. in our lives, in our time, in our business, so that we begin to make better decisions yeah. in terms of who we're bringing in. Yeah, that, that is so good. There's so much gold there. <laughs> um, so you, you started bringing people on, you start growing and growing. What happened next? So I started growing and growing and I realized I really do need to hire even more people. Yeah. And I realized it was counterintuitive for me because I thought I had to market first. You know, I had clients and I hired and then I was good, but I thought I had to market first and then hire but what would happen when I did that is I would market and then I would get clients and then I would be scrambling to hire. And then again, we're looking at the core decision-making, right? Yeah. Because there's the stress of needing to get this need taken care of in my business, which is hiring somebody new. Yeah. So I had to flip that and it was so counterintuitive. It's like, wait, what? I have to hire first? and then market, but what if I don't have anything for them? And so the way around that for me was really being clear with my new hires. And even in the job ad saying, you know, I might not have anything for you right away, but you know, I'm going to be actively marketing the moment I hire you. So it might be two to four weeks before you get a regular schedule, but that is going to be my primary focus once I hire you. So then I had some space, like, okay, I've got my person, you know, and then I can look for more clients and really put some energy into that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like once you let go and you, and you're able to find that right person and, and delegate, that's yeah. when you can focus your time on doing the things that you're best at, which is either selling, bringing on new people or, you know, onboarding right. new people, um, yeah. you know, marketing, whatever it is. And you yeah. have to create like a trajectory, you know, where you start to really go. Yes, exactly. But I, I, yeah, I think the hardest thing is just doing it. We just don't know how we're and it's. I don't know if it's fear-based, but we just, we just simply don't know how. 
it's scary. You know, I think if you're not feeling afraid, you're not in the beginning anyway, if you're not feeling afraid about hiring, then I would think that maybe you're not as invested in your business as perhaps you should be because hiring impacts our reputation, good and bad. It is the single most important decision that we're going to be making in our business if we choose to hire is who to hire. And so if you are feeling fear, you are actually on the right track (laughs) because it's scary letting go. You know, you've done things a certain way. And so then here you are passing the baton. Oh, it's terrifying. Well, let me me rephrase. It's not weakness. It's not weakness. It's we just simply don't know how. It's like, oh, I know I need to do this. I just don't know how to. I don't know A, B, and C of hiring. Exactly. So having that knowledge can absolutely kind of lessen the fear. It doesn't take it away in the beginning. The fear, I found the fear just falling away after a number of hires. I hired over 250 people in the 18 years that I had my business. And when I sold it, I had 35 dog walkers and pet sitters on staff and four managers. So, you know, I had felt a lot of fear in the beginning, but then I learned to trust my decision-making in terms of you know, I had a bad picker in the beginning, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but then the more I did it and the more I learned, the more I realized, oh, I do know what I'm looking for and I could recognize it. So, you know, talking about these three tips. So the first is really getting clear on who, what, when, where, you know, as far as clarity goes. The second tip I would say was something that had a huge positive impact on my business when it came to hiring. And it started from a problem. So a lot of great things in business, I think, start from, how do I fix this? This isn't working. You know, what can I do? And so that was similar to me. I had that. So my problem was I would place an ad and I would get a lot of responses and I would feel totally overwhelmed because I was running my business. I was still working in it a little bit, doing some dog walking and pet sitting, not much at that time. Um, But then the third thing that I was trying to hold was hiring. And so my process then at the time was placing an ad. I would get inundated with emails and phone calls. And then I would pick maybe the top 10 to 20 people if I had a lot of responses who, and I would do a phone interview with them to kind of get a sense of what they were like, but that would take a lot of time and energy. And some people are great on the phone and not great in person, Yeah, you know, and it took a lot of time to get the information that I needed. I could have emailed them, but I really wanted to get a true sense of them. And I thought the phone would be the way to do it. So, you know, one day I was thinking about this problem that I had, which is how much time it took to actually go from placing the ad to hiring. You know, that was a huge time waster. It would take like four to six weeks usually for me because I would have to meet a bunch of people, you know, do the phone interviews, meet a bunch of people and then hire from there. So I thought about it and I thought, you know, I wish that I could hire somebody to help me hire. And I entertained that a little bit, but then I thought, you know what, that is not the key for me because 
I'm the business owner. I feel like I know what my business needs. Somebody who's uh, coming in that I've hired might not have that same clarity, you know, or it might take them a long time to get it. So I thought, well, what if I make a paper assistant, like a, or like an online assistant, you know, it was paper at that point, but then it came to, you know, email. So what I did is I created an online um, application packet, which people would then fill out. It was a long application, eight pages, and they would fill it out. I would only send it to those people who I thought might be a good fit. So that was like, instead of the phone calls, I would send them the packet. They would send it back to me. I would review it. And those people that weren't a good fit or didn't send it back, obviously they weren't in the running. But from there, I would really determine who I wanted to meet in person. It was a much smaller uh, pile of people than had originally been the case, you know, when I was doing the phone interviews. You mean because they took all that time and energy to go through? It meant they were a serious applicant. They were more of an A player. It did not mean that they were absolutely a yes person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, a good hire. But what it meant is at least it showed that they were committed. And there was a lot of information that I gained from that. So uh, one of the questions I had, there were two really important questions among a lot of the other questions, but one of them was, and is, I have this application packet that I sell to to my coaching clients, but list three words that best describe why you would make a great pet sitter or dog walker with their company. And that question was important for a number of reasons, but one of the most important reasons is our clients would write directions. You know, The pet sitter would come to the house. There would be written instructions. It's so important that people are actually following instructions, especially when it comes to medication, the items in the house, you know, what needs to be done. And so if they put three sentences, they were immediately not somebody who would be a good fit with my company. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they really had to follow directions. And that was a really good clue for me if they would if they would follow directions. The second question, which was really important is, um, what was it? It was, how much do you need to make per week doing part-time dog walking or pet sitting with them? Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. Because if they put, you know, a thousand dollars a week, not a good fit. It doesn't mean that they're a no, because you can have a conversation and say, you know, uh, realistically, it's going to be more like a hundred or two hundred dollars a week. Is that going to work for you? Um, but it, what it does is it creates a lot of clarity before you go in and a lot of expectation on both sides. And what I found is when my hires were expecting to make more money than I was giving them because I wasn't giving them enough jobs, it created a lot of stress for me and for them. So, you know, it helps minimize the stress, you know, having that clarity. So, yeah, the application packet was really important. And, you know, I would encourage people to create their own. I also have um, that on my site on the products page as something that I've created that a lot of people have used successfully in their business. But you don't have to get mine. You can absolutely create your own. 
Yeah. Um, and, and plus I, understanding someone's financial situation, um, yes. getting them to get a little bit maybe vulnerable on that, it creates, yeah. it creates a, a better, tighter culture of where when yes. you're working to get them new clients and, and create work for them, you're like, oh, this is Mary. This is where Mary's at. I got to create work for Mary, you know, yes. and, it, and, and she knows that, you know that, and it, it creates a tighter knit culture I've kind of found. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, that's something that a lot of people shy away from when they're writing their help on it ad is they're not going into it, um, creating a lot of clarity. Yeah. And what I found is, again, this is through trial and error, the more clarity I have with a potential hire, the more clear the expectations are on both sides. So then we both go into it with eyes wide open, really knowing whether it's going to be a good fit or not in terms of the money, in terms of the schedule too. So that's something that I have in my packet is, um, you know, having people write out their availability yeah. because again, you could have the best hire in the world, but if they're not available, it's not going to be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to really look at, especially if you're, if you've never hired before to think how you're going to make that transition because your clients are used to you. And if, if you've never hired before, and they're going to have some discomfort with you having somebody, you know, that's not you in their home. Um, but so what you need to do first is really get clear that that is, in fact, something that you want to do. If there's any hesitation there, your clients may actually convince you, you know, not to have somebody in their home or you might be afraid of letting them go, you know, them leaving as clients. Yeah. because yeah. they don't want to use one of your hires. But the thing is, is that if they don't go with you, they're going to have to go with somebody else who's new. So the reasoning for most of your clients is going to be that they're going to, they're going to continue using your business, even if it's not you. Okay. So that's something to realize. Also, what I did in the beginning is I had a script of what, and how I would talk to clients about me not doing it anymore. And I gave them lots of time. I gave them like usually two to three to four weeks, depending on how long I'd been taking care of their pets. I gave them that much notice. So I didn't just like all of a sudden, Hey, Monday, I have a Lisa who's going to be, you know, taking over. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like that. You know, I wanted to give clients some space to make that decision if that was something that they wanted to do or not do. But the way I would word it is, this is my script and I can say it because I said it so many times to new clients, yeah. or I should say existing clients who are having a new hire right. with me. So what I would say is I'm no longer available, let's say to walk your dog on Tuesday, Thursday, but I have a wonderful assistant, Jennifer, who is, she loves animals. She's got great references. Um, I'm going to continue doing it until this date, but I'd love to set up a time to have you meet Jennifer so that you can get to know her and we can make that transition really easy. When would work for you? Yeah. So I didn't ask it as a question. I didn't apologize in any way. I'm so sorry. I'm no longer available. That's so good. Yeah, it's like be in your power about this. And 
you know, I did have a couple clients who just chose not to um, continue with my business and have somebody else. But I really think it was more about their dogs getting older and that didn't really need walking anymore, you know, whereas, you know, it was less about me having somebody else. Most people will not leave, you know, unless you do something horrible, you know, (laughs) make a big mistake. But it's funny because I found once I was able to let go because I, no one can do what I could do, you know, and and people, when you're starting out, they want, they want the owner, you know, because you're going to talk about you. But when I was finally able to let go and I wasn't the chef and the waiter and the cook and the janitor and I could start to delegate the feedback and I could pour my energy into other stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh. The customer feedback we got went through the roof because our guy's only job was to do the work and to make the customer and their pet feel like a million bucks. And it worked like a charm, you know? I love that point. It's great because, um, what I found is, and you, it sounds like you found this too, is when we're doing all, all of it, wearing all those hats, we're not going to be fresh at any one of them or like on our game, you know, after a while in the beginning, we can absolutely do that because we're passionate, we're excited, you know, but then after a while, we're going to feel pretty burned out if we're doing everything. And so what I found is having new staff helping, they would be really fresh and excited and I think do a better job because they weren't burned out. And, and then there was the time to be the visionary. I call it going from being in the belly of the ship to being at the helm of the ship where you can see everything that's happening on that vast ocean of business. You know, when you're down there in the belly, you know, you're doing all the services, but there's a lot that happens above that you can't see and you can't avoid the icebergs either. Right. That are there. Yeah. When you're down there doing everything, you can't see and, and plan and really um, avoid difficulties. And, and your time at that point is worth so much more money. Oh, when you can, really when, when your staff is working, serving your clients and you can go to those networking groups and your time literally becomes worth thousands of dollars an oh, hour because you're generating point. revenue. You're working on developing high level relationships with high level people. You can't right. delegate that. Well, you might yeah. be able to, but um, yeah, that's when it, that's when your business starts to take off like a rocket ship. I feel. I agree. Yeah. It's important. There was something that I was going to say about that. Um, you know, a lot of people will look at, oh my gosh, well, if I hire, you know, I'm used to making this amount of money for the service and I'll have to pay half or more. If you have employees, it's going to be more if you're paying them 50%, you know, you're going to be paying out more than 50% because they are employees and you have to pay payroll taxes and workers comp and all of that. But what happens is, you know, it's important to think about the time. So let's say you have a 30 minute visit with a client. There's driving to the client. There's driving away from the client to another job. That may be an hour. It may even be an hour and 15 minutes. There's the wear and tear on your car. There's the wear and tear on your time and energy. You know, I mean, that becomes a precious resource 
that yeah. becomes even more valuable than that money that you would be getting from you as the business owner doing the service. Like you were saying, your your time then becomes worth so much. And the return on investment of that time, if you're spending the time that you have wisely, like you have been cultivating relationships, you know, that result in lots of referrals. Oh, it's invaluable. Yeah. And, you know, and even when you do start, growth is so expensive when you're starting out and you are, employees can be expensive. And it's like, yes. there were times where our payroll was so high and they're, the guys are coming in Friday, they're exhausted. And I'm like, I'm like giving them the checks. And it's like, guys, you're making more money than I am right now. But it was developing those systems and that culture and, and all those processes that over time, you it's not all about money. It becomes about your 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 time and your energy and your sanity. And the yes. money comes, but um, you've got to just put in the work and do it. You just got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, there's only so much we can do as one person, you know, being a sole proprietor. Uh, and it just being us, we have a finite amount of hours in a day, in a yeah. week, in a month. So, and also we have a finite amount of hours for a life. Like once <laughs> this hour is gone, it's gone. We cannot like scramble and get it back. So I think, you know, that's kind of the power too of getting older, either, you know, chronologically in terms of age or getting older in terms of the amount of time that you've invested in your business. At a certain point, a lot of us get to that stage where we're like, you know, my time becomes so precious and valuable. Video just went out. Oh, there we are. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Now it's back. Okay. Yeah, no. And you know, I, I try to tell owner operators, like it's, it's do it for you. Like yep. we get owner operators get tough, man. They, they know how to be the, the, the chef and the waiter and the, they know how to do all that. And they get used to doing that day in and day out. And it's like, just do it for you. Let go a little bit, do it for your family. Cause it's so worth it. Cause, and I've seen it with friends where they, they, they throw their back out or, or tear something and mm -hmm. they literally lost their business. They lost a six-figure salary in a six-figure business, and they had to go out and get a job. Yeah. And that is real. Yes, it is. So now, Kristen, I know you that you have your new course coming out. The Six-Figure Pet Business Academy has a new online course. Can you tell us about that and the offer you have? Yes. So um, it is a catapult four-week pet business program. It's an anytime access program. So it's an online course and I offer it as lifetime access. So once you get it, you get it for your lifetime. And there's also a private Facebook group that is connected to that. So anyone who has ever done the catapult is a part of that. So it's not only me as a resource, but you're getting access to pet business owners from all over the world who have you know, attended this course and it's a self-based course. And, but the thing is, is that, you know, you've got the group and you can get a business buddy in the group and you guys can really hold each other accountable as well as being a part of that group. And it talks a lot about hiring. There are a lot of segments about hiring, about marketing, 
It's really for business owners who are ready to take their business to the next level. I have had a number of pet business owners um, sign up for the course who are starting, which is absolutely fine. Um, but those who have had their business for a year or two or a lot longer are going to get a lot of benefit from it because it's going to really hold your hand through the hiring process and the marketing process. Yeah. And it is a really awesome course, guys. And on top of that, having access to that community of people who have been through yeah. that, who are on the same wavelength and exactly. that accountability is so big. That is so, that's something every business owner needs more of is accountability and community. Yeah, so they can find it by going to Six Figure Pet Business Academy and going to the webinar and workshop page. And if you scroll down, you'll see it up at the top. It's an anytime access course. Or you can go to SFPB, which is the acronym for Six Figure Pet Business, um, sfpbacademy.com forward slash catapult. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll have all these links in, in the show notes, guys. So, Kristen, that was so good. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that if anyone is looking to hire or is having hiring problems, there is so much gold here. Thank you so much for coming on. And My pleasure. It'd be awesome to have you on again down the road. I would love that. You're a great interviewer, and I can tell you've been through the fire yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, if I wasn't interviewing you, I'd be taking down notes right now. So that was so good. I'm glad. Happy to help your listeners. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I want to thank Shane Whalen for allowing me to share this interview with you. Very generous of him. He released this podcast just a week or so ago. And if you want to find out more about his podcast and what he's up to, you can visit the show notes and you will find them at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 61. That is the number 61. Again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash 61. I also wanted to let you know that I am going to be doing another 30-day pet sitting and dog walking business challenge in June 2020. So I am very excited to be offering that again. I had a great turnout in January and in fact had a, a bunch of people sign up who had signed up for that challenge, really enjoyed it, got a lot out of it and wanted to do it again. And so if you are one of them and you'd like to sign up, go ahead If you are somebody that wants to check it out, you can go ahead and see what I'm talking about, you know, find out more by going to the show notes page and clicking the 30-day pet sitting and dog walking business challenge link. And again, you can find the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 61. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. I've been hearing from a few of you lately that you are binging all the episodes. It's so sweet hearing that. I love getting the feedback that you're really enjoying the podcast. So if you want to send me an email to admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com to let me know you're enjoying it, I would love it. It really helps hearing from listeners. Sometimes I 
release a podcast and I never know what happens because I don't hear from people, but lately I've been hearing from a bunch of you and I just want you to know it feels really good to hear that you're enjoying the episodes. Um, That's one way to show me appreciation, you know, not that you have to, you don't have to do anything. There's nothing that you have to do. But if you feel inspired, reaching out to me by email to let me know you're enjoying it, and in fact, even letting me know which episodes you really, really appreciated is always great for me to hear. The other thing that you can do if you feel inspired is to leave me a review. It makes a huge difference. Your leaving a review helps listeners find the podcast. Those people that are in need of pet business advice are able to find the podcast when there are more reviews. It really helps kind of bump it up. It also helps me, you know, so I would really appreciate it. So I've had a few people ask me, well, how do I write a podcast review? How do I do that? So I know it can seem a tiny bit complicated when you have iTunes. Um, The other podcast players are pretty easy to leave a review. But if you have iTunes, here's what you do. Here's the secret sauce to leaving a review. So what you do is you search for Prosperous Pet Business in your podcast app. And you would do this even if you subscribe. So instead of clicking on the feed that you see, you would actually search for Prosperous Pet Business in your app. It'll pop up. You want to click on it and then you want to scroll down and you'll see past the stars, you'll see write a review and then you click on that and then you can write a review. So I would really appreciate it if you'd be willing to just take 30 seconds out of your day to do that. I know it might not seem like a lot to you, but it means the world to me and I I would really appreciate it. So on that note, I want to wish you a wonderful day, regardless of whether you leave me a review or not. I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad you're listening. And, you know, part of my desire is to really help those that are in need. So if I can do that with each podcast episode, that makes me feel great. I really want to help pet business owners create success in their business. And I'm so glad you are here listening. So I want to wish you a great day, have a wonderful week, and I will see you and not really see you, but I will be here talking with you very soon. Have a beautiful day. Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.